this is the in focus podcast from the hindu good morning and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid and i'm your host for today Last year after several months of covid-19 positive cases on the rise India saw a decline in cases after September even though lockdown restrictions were lifted and economic and other activity resumed From March onwards this year however there has once again been a steep rise in infections in what many are terming the country's second wave Earlier this week Niti Aayog member VK Paul said the whole country was potentially at risk The number of new cases added on March 1st was 3000 but now has become nearly 9 times that and daily deaths too have shot up threefold. What has driven the second wave? What is the role if any played by mutant strains of the virus in the surge of infections? Is vaccination taking us towards herd immunity? These are some of the questions we discussed today with Dr. Giridhar R Babu, professor of epidemiology at the Indian Institute of Public Health PHFI Bangalore. Good morning Dr. Giridhar and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Dr. India reached its peak of COVID-19 cases in mid-September last year and then saw a decline. But now there's been a sharp rise in cases again in Maharashtra as well as in several other states. Since the beginning of the pandemic, what have we learned about the course of the virus? Yeah, so this virus has surprised experts epidemiologists clinicians and almost in every walk of life there has been a uh, new learning so in terms of trajectory of the virus initially many people thought uh, the herd immunity levels have probably been reached including epidemiologists where we said uh, at least a major proportion of the population in the urban areas metros might have already achieved at the threshold levels of population immunity but then the way uh, case surges are happening it only shows that a very limited understanding has been um, the sort of norm in most places the reason i say that is there is a multiple uh, uh, combination of uh, factors which might be responsible for the surge in cases but uh, although the second wave was anticipated the timing and the sheer number of cases that uh, one can see in the second wave i think that definitely is a uh, surprise in terms of what's happening in the urban areas this is probably because uh, accumulation of uh, susceptible people over a period of time which might be related to three uh, important factors a the virus itself changing and probably being more infectious although not uh, more virulent a uh, b in terms of a uh, human response the covid appropriate behaviors probably coming down in terms of complaints at the same time we don't know what is the proportion of reinfections at least among those who were asymptomatic in the first wave and finally in terms of environment almost everything is conducive uh, in uh, promoting transmission um, whether it crowds or rallies or full uh, house cinemas so as a result of all this more and more younger people who were uninfected earlier 
are increasingly getting infected and that's what is driving uh, the current ascending phase of the sec- uh, ascending phase of the second wave doctor is there a scientific basis to the claim that the second wave is less dangerous because it causes fewer deaths or is reduced mortality purely a factor of better case management i, I mean it, it would be very difficult to generalize that the second waves will be probably uh, less uh, fatal uh, the reason is this we are seeing uh, actually an exponential rise in cases in some parts of maharashtra similar pattern is seen elsewhere where uh, we see the test positivity is rising really really fast which means that more and more people are getting infected uh, and probably most of them are asymptomatic so therefore there is this false sense of uh, security saying that okay since most people are asymptomatic maybe this way will be less fatal but once it crosses threshold of the younger population and then more and more people with comorbidities and those who are elderly get infected uh, there is definitely a possibility of increased uh, severe infections and also uh, uh, deaths which are uh, definitely preventable the second aspect of it is when more and more cases are surging at a, uh, in a very short span of time there is strain on the health system so therefore there will not be enough beds we are already seeing in some parts of maharashtra the beds are not available so that will actually uh, worsen the health outcomes and therefore uh, the mortality might increase so it might be too early to uh, have sort of this judgment that the second wave will, is going to be much better than the first wave i think we need to follow the same set of uh, regulations in containing the first wave Uh, but with better response now we also have better weapon in terms of vaccine but in terms of containment i think that should be the same level of uh, the seriousness in the first wave uh, probably we should be doing now which i am not seeing uh, happening currently not seeing happening in this <clears throat> in the sense that fewer people are wearing masks now and there seems to be pandemic fatigue it it is as if we have been victorious and most people think covid is in the past and nothing can affect them now because uh, for more than 14 months people have not been infected or they had this infection earlier they have overcome it and now there is vaccine so therefore there is nothing to worry and when you see uh, most of the norms being floated uh, everywhere uh, whether it's rallies or large crowds or one gets a feeling that uh, i mean has this really happened uh, in this country we have seen this last year where people were not going outside the homes uh, there were more restrictions and have we forgotten so fast that is the kind of feeling uh, most of us would get uh, and this probably comes uh, from many reasons one covid fatigue <clears throat> to uh, all this uh, guaranteed uh, success which is very notional not real so therefore <clears throat> i think at this stage what we need to do is uh, re uh, focus on how we communicate the seriousness of the actions that we need to do now doctor some mathematical models have said that we got we will see a peak in cases in may and possibly after that there will be a drop for the second wave what do you think about that yeah i have been uh, uh, looking at uh, some of the models so one group uh, uh, by brahma mukherjee and all covid 19 study group they predict uh, somewhere in the 
uh, May. Uh, whereas uh, uh, there are other modelers who have been seeing it will be around uh, second to third week of April. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the issue is uh, fairly simple. Once you have a large susceptible pool of people who have to be infected, whether it's a uh, older variant or newer variants of concern under investigation, we are going to see uh, raising cases. And most states have crossed the reproductive number uh, above one, which means uh, it is in the outbreak potential in majority of the states. So therefore, it is going to increase in the days to come. The peak at the national level might be uh, sort of uh, a a difficult thing to uh, uh, find out what kind of actions we need to take at the state level. I think we need to uh, follow the kind of uh, way each state has and thereby has what kind of uh, health system resources we need to prioritize, what kind of actions we need to do in terms of containment, how can we uh, keep up with the pace and increase the pace of vaccination. So these are the issues that we need to be looking at the state level. Although uh, between April and May, uh, things can be really uh, worrisome. So one should be uh, prepared in preventing and mitigating some of the adversities during that phase. Does that mean that after the peak in May, there is bound to be a decline in cases once again? I mean, this is the nature of all of these infectious disease outbreaks, right? I mean, once you have a susceptible pool, uh, the transmission will be uh, more and more in the beginning and more people who are uninfected will get infected. And once it reaches a critical level, then the cases will stop uh, uh, going at the same speed and then it starts tapering. If you just see in the last year, uh, after uh, around March, uh, April, the reproductive number kept going down, which means the speed at which it was spreading was far uh, lower compared to the uh, previous uh, period, still around January, which means that the waves are bound to decline. And uh, the speed of transmission is going to decrease. But as in when the susceptible pool gets accumulated, then again it might rise. So I think this is a dynamic process. Yes, the cases will decline, but that by no means suggests that uh, the virus is no longer a threat. Doctor, you're talking about the susceptible pool of the population. Does this mean younger people now in the second wave? Yeah, so the susceptible pool uh, is simply uh, the persons who are either uh, not infected so far or even if they have been infected, they had asymptomatic uh, illness earlier, they may not have sufficient titus, although this proportion might be a very small one. So together, you have people who do not have the required uh, immunity against the virus. So as a result... When there is a wild virus, wild virus means the SARS-CoV-2, the real virus, when it is around, people are bound to get infected. Uh, Again, what kind of uh, response the body will produce depends on whether they are young or old, whether whether they are vaccinated or not, whether they have comorbidities or not. So these are the other factors which will come into play. So a susceptible pool uh, is simply a a pool of people who are uh, not infected, or even if infected, they do not have sufficient titers of antibodies to fight against the virus. Doctor, can you tell us a little bit about how the epidemic curve in India has been different from that of Europe's? Because they have seen multiple waves of the virus hit them. 
Yeah, one of the advantages India and most South Asian countries have is the younger age in terms of demography. So therefore, even when the wave, the second wave uh, is sort of uh, being seen here, uh, more and more young people who tend to definitely recover better compared to the elderly uh, are uh, getting infected. So therefore, we are not seeing the same kind of a mortality and uh, the same kind of uh, severe illness, at least in the beginning uh, phase of this second wave. This might change because uh, as the number of cases increase, as it uh, spreads through the other sections of the society, more and more vulnerable might be infected. So, uh, uh, so far, uh, we, I can definitely say that uh, uh, there is uh, a t- a too early uh, kind of signs uh, for comparing with uh, Europe or the other countries, but the trajectory seems to be uh, mostly led by asymptomatic uh, transmission as of now. Doctor, we spoke a little bit about the variants. What do we know so far about the variants and mutants of the virus, virus prevalent in India? The recent genomic surveillance, surveillance from Punjab shows that the UK variant was found in 81% of the 400 samples taken for genome sampling. Yeah, this is an important aspect that we need to uh, examine in India. Um, I think it requires more focus. Uh, Here is the reason. Now, as you are aware, there are more thousands of mutations, but not all mutations uh, lead to uh, the changes uh, in the kind of, uh, uh, you know, structure of the protein that one would uh, expect. And even uh, not all changes uh, in the protein structure will lead to um, some kind of uh, either being infectious, becoming more infectious or having more virulence or developing immune escape variant. So therefore, tracking all these variants is the first and foremost uh, uh, prerequisite of understanding how the virus is evolving. Uh, coming uh, in terms of uh, how the different variants are distributed in this country, uh, Punjab at least uh, seems to be have given data in terms of showing how the UK variant has uh, almost um, uh, spread at a community level. Uh, similar evidence is not um, uh, coming from the other states. I wouldn't say it's because it is absent, but uh, probably uh, detailed uh, investigations have not been done in other states. Uh, what we need to do currently is understand that uh, there are more uh, Indian variants uh, compared to the uh, variants that we have imported from elsewhere. Whether these variants are variants of concern, which means are they the ones who are spreading faster or they have uh, higher virulence or do they have immune escape property? This requires a lot of investigation in our understanding. First, at least to look at infectiousness, we need to be Uh, looking at in vitro testing. Not many labs have these kind of facilities. We need to ensure there is enough contact tracing and see how the contacts are, whether they are getting um, the same uh, infection from the same newer variant or is it the earlier uh, strain. Uh, Unless we uh, step up the resources and then ensure that these are done on priority, everything uh, that we speak of variants will be Uh, merely of uh, some correlations. This might have happened, this may not have happened, but science uh, doesn't have to be like this. I mean, we have to 
ensure i mean uh, when you understand that some of the labs uh, do not even have the kind of resources to run the existing genomic sequencing um, uh, efforts that they're doing uh, we need to change uh, the priority i think uh, this is not some advanced research which is of no relevance this has a lot of relevance when you do concurrent uh, genomic sequencing associated with epidemiological uh, steps which include containment early isolation then you can actually prevent the spread uh, of these newer variants from one area to another uh, so we have uh, had this learning at least from uh, the f- initial few months in this year uh, we should be uh, investing more in the future speaking of genomic surveillance, surveillance doctor the health ministry had announced on december 30th 2020 that 10 labs country wide will do genome studies of the virus but it has been slow going for them it is nowhere close to sequencing the mandated 5% daily positive specimens from each state do we need to accelerate this we i mean if we are able to achieve the stated goal of 5% of the samples undergoing genomic sequencing i think that will be very useful I, at the current levels it's probably not happening one two the 5% of the samples how do we actually find uh, from where do we actually get these kind of samples is even more important uh, as much as uh, uh, just the 5% uh, being um, processed when i say this uh, it is not some random sample uh, that we have to subject to genomic sequencing we need to be actively looking out for clusters uh, throughout the state uh, if we are speaking of state specific actions and from those clusters um especially if they are related to any travel but now that the variants are uh, present almost everywhere we should be um looking at travel more of a correlation thing not as the only uh, possible explanation and then see how many contacts both primary and secondary are getting how fast are they getting and then do genomic sequencing of that cluster to establish whether this cluster a was uh, caused by a newer variant of con- in, under investigation or not and then also do uh, the assessments of how infectious this strain are uh, and in terms of doing in vitro studies and also by estimating uh, the rate of spread among the primary and secondary contacts so i think a lot needs to be done it requires a lot of resources and a uh, lot of coordinated actions is it too early to say that the variants uh, could be a possible factor in driving the second wave doctor i have no doubt in my mind that uh, some of the variants uh, under investigations uh, might be one of the major reasons why the spread is occurring uh, at much faster rate uh, compared to what it could have been uh, last year i mean going by those uh, 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 reproductive number and the way the infection was spreading but uh, la- lack of evidence uh, does not mean that there is uh, you know uh, we have uh, confident now we are confident to say that they are not of uh, uh, consequence so people uh, when i look at the statements that variants uh, are probably not responsible then i feel uh, have we investigated enough to understand and to Uh, arrive at a conclusion like that i am not confident uh, that uh, we have investigated to that extent uh, the the good news is irrespective of whether the investigation has been done or not 
the actions are not going to change because uh, in terms of containment uh, in terms in terms of uh, identifying the cases as early as possible and then isolating them and in terms of preventing the spread whether use of mask or physical distancing there are no newer strategies for the uh, newer variants of concern so it's just that we need to ensure the same covid appropriate behavior uh, for the earlier strain so that's why it may not have impacted uh, a lot but understanding this is helpful because uh, let's assume these variants of concern uh, spread to areas where there is poor health system and um, then the adversities will be more so i think understanding is very important in terms of whether it is causal or not Doctor, since the beginning of the pandemic, herd immunity has been touted as a magical threshold beyond which the virus's spread will slow down. ICMR's third national zero survey, conducted between December and January, said that probably around 21% of India's population has developed antibodies. What does the latest research tell us about COVID-19 and herd immunity? Uh, the concept of herd immunity uh, is is a very uh, difficult uh, uh, concept to uh, understand uh, for many reasons. Uh, first, uh, clearly, we do not know as of now what proportion is the magical threshold which will uh, prevent from any of the future uh, waves. Uh, second. Uh, although it is um, uh, said to be around uh, 70% but uh, some of the metros at least some pockets had already reached around uh, 60% but why uh, those areas also should have higher uh, number of cases now uh, unless it is explained by influx of uh, people from elsewhere it's very difficult thing to explain second the waning antibodies so if uh, at least from the evidence that uh, you look um, all around the world probably the igg uh, levels uh, start uh, tapering after a certain period of time whether it is 180 days or beyond and if that's true that the antibodies are, are waning which means that you don't detect the antibody levels although the bo- uh, person might have uh, immune response uh, when confronted with the uh, virus uh, the zero surveys will not detect the igg if it is below that uh, threshold level so therefore what you now have is um, even if you say 20% uh, we don't know uh, in the remaining population whether the antibody levels are not detectable uh, but they are already infected or uh, they simply have not been infected so uh, so zero surveys are of uh, i mean they have this limitation but they are useful if you do Uh, regularly to understand the trajectory so in terms of uh, uh, the current understanding uh, what can definitely be uh, said now is we need to understand what is the proportion of people who get reinfected and what are the predictors of these reinfection even if it is a small percentage we need to understand that second are there immune escape variants which might be responsible uh, for uh, Uh, you know ruining all of our understanding about herd immunity that's another area which we needs uh, which we need more uh, understanding and and finally uh, we need to be looking at for each variant uh, can we combine uh, at least some variants put together as one threshold for uh, herd immunity or 
should it be taken as uh, for different class of a different group of viruses uh, in terms of the different variants at least for the immune escape variant i don't know uh, how can we even calculate uh, the threshold for herd immunity so it has become a very complicated uh, concept uh, as of now but uh, the vaccine seems to be uh, a, a better answer because uh, at least among uh, the many variants uh, the vaccine has shown to be effective at least uh, the studies from the us show that whether the vaccines used in india and elsewhere also have similar property again that is another area that we need to understand so uh, the understanding about the threshold levels uh, will continue to be built up as we move ahead so dr last year when there were hopes that we would not have a second wave were we reading the data wrong at that point i mean i don't think nobody read the data wrong uh, only in terms of timing uh, it might have uh, changed a bit i can just give you an example of uh, what happened in the state of karnataka so here the technical advisory committee said that uh, the by end of february the second wave will come and this was based on some of the results from mathematical modeling uh, and around end of february with the second wave had not already started and there were questions being asked why the technical advisory committee is pushing these recommendations when we are not actually seeing rise in numbers but come march there was a second wave and now uh, even then the uh, kind of actions that need to be taken were not taken immediately till it started surging ahead so i think in terms of timing these things might vary in terms of uh, what might be the peak whether it will be higher than the earlier one or not that might vary uh, uh, but uh, second waves are common i mean uh, even multiple waves are common as i explained earlier depending on how the susceptible pools keep building doctor you spoke to us about the one main thing that we have now is vaccines the government from april 1st has opened up vaccines to all those above the age of 45 do we need to further accelerate our vaccine coverage in view of the rising numbers would this have a role to play in herd immunity absolutely i think that's the best uh, chance we have uh, in terms of ensuring uh, more and more people uh, are protected with vaccine uh, we need to bear in mind that uh, vaccines prevent only against death and severe illness uh, it is not uh, Uh, um, it's not uh, about uh, preventing uh, infection so therefore uh, all that uh, information around uh, if somebody is vaccinated they won't get infected is wrong so this still need to continue the covid appropriate behavior but what would happen then is if a larger proportion of the population is vaccinated we are uh, protecting them against uh, severe illness and death therefore uh, one would continue with uh, the other covid appropriate behavior without uh, a lot of restrictions uh, in terms of uh, you know regaining the momentum in economy and uh, focus on everything else that we do as you said the pace is a concern but uh, from yesterday what i saw the the enthusiasm of the people of 45 years and above to get vaccinated uh, which is uh, exhibited in long queues uh, suggests that people uh, want to get vaccinated and uh, therefore the the pace uh, definitely needs to be uh, uh, enhanced uh, to multiple folds currently uh, the, the the testimony that uh, if you uh, 
make sure that the complications and the kind of prerequisites are taken off and uh, just by taking the complexity out of the vaccination process of not having uh, a mandatory requirement of medical certification uh, showed uh, such a uh, improvement in vaccination coverage in one day uh, that means if you want to scale it up uh, the vaccination has to be far more simple just like all the other vaccination programs that we do and uh, therefore uh, we have to probably uh, think innovative uh, measures uh, uh, is pre registration mandatory uh, what are the better ways to ensure that people get uh, sort of can come as uh, walk in uh, vaccination sessions how do we promote vaccination in different settings all these things require a lot of uh, uh, thinking and i'm i hope uh, the pace ge- improves uh, much more than what it is okay doctor thank you so much for speaking to us thank you for having me on this podcast in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon